welcome back to our post-game live stream. Kyle, it feels good to be back in action for uh, my favorite part of the year. I really uh, am excited to be here. It's always fun uh, for me, and I hope it's fun for you as well. But Texas got off to a big win to start the season. Tech came away with a 50 Two to ten win over ULM, just cruising in that one, and I am uh, excited. Kyle, as you think about what the game was and what Texas was in this game, and what are your biggest uh, takeaways as we think about uh, just what Texas needed to do, and what we wanted to see Texas to do, Texas to do in this one? Well, my biggest takeaway is I understand why Sark didn't release a depth chart. Uh, everybody plays, right? It's uh, there is no depth chart. There's some starters, and then there's a whole bunch of guys, and everybody's going to get in there. We might play 65 guys this year on the regular. You know, like it's uh, I. It's the first week. Uh, Texas came out, played well, played well enough that we got the ones out, got the twos in at one point, and the threes in. Uh, there was a point when we had an all freshman, you know, offensive line. Um, we, there's there's a lot of young guys who got to play in week one, but I don't think it's an anomaly. I think you're going to see a lot of freshmen, a lot of true freshmen, um, certainly those redshirt freshmen and sophomores getting in there. And, and this is a young team. We've said that all off season, but we saw a lot of those guys contribute. But we also saw B. John Robinson be you know what he is, and and um, Tavian Sanders and, and Quinn Ewers both kind of make their mark uh, in this one. And, and so we, we know who the, the, the players are. We got to see some of them. And not everything was perfect. There's a lot to clean up. There's some special teams, things that were great, some that were issues. There's stuff all over the page. I think a lot for the coaches to learn on. You, you, you have Bama in one week, so you hope you clean up everything and come out with your best self. But, uh, I mean, a strong showing, relatively healthy walking out of there um, for the most part, it seems. So uh, it's it's a good Week one, uh, some good things to grow on. And I think what I take away from it is ultimately we're going to play a lot of young guys this year, a lot, all over the field. It is going to be a young team. And I think it was good to get this one out of the way because uh, Texas got to get some of those young players uh, in action early and often. And again, um, this is going to be a team that's going to have to lean on young players. You saw a young offensive line only one upperclassman in that offensive line that's starting five we finally we finally got a depth chart pregame praise whoever you choose to praise but like for texas to come out and kyle i think the the biggest thing for me the biggest takeaway for me is that i haven't felt like i don't feel like i've seen texas lean on somebody like this in this way in this dominant fashion than we have in years right outside of maybe rice and utah it doesn't feel like Texas has been able to lean on a team uh, that they were just flat better than in a really, really long time. And so that felt good to me. That felt like that's what we wanted to see Texas come out. No injuries, clean game, and just lean on a team that, frankly, they're significantly better than. And that's that's what we got to see. Uh, it started off rocky, started off shaky. The Quinn Ewers era uh, started off in a uh, less than ideal fashion, we'll say it. But um, Texas managed to shake that off. He managed to shake that off and uh, really slide in uh, to what we thought he would look like and what we thought he would be uh, moving forward. Yeah, and, and honestly, because we had a couple big punt returns, we had the block punt for a touchdown, uh, almost had a second block punt, you know, um, had some really key special teams plays. Our offense probably had a little less production than you would expect to get to 52 points, right? I think um, 134 yards rushing for the team and 200 in just under 50, 249 passing you would think there might be those numbers might be a little bit more in a 52 point game but they kept the field short 
Um, they played good defense pretty much throughout, especially the ones and even the twos. Played great defense. The only points for the the meaningful portion of the game were after that interception, um, and they they made a stand, right? So you saw them answer to some things there. I think the defense is probably the most promising thing, the way DeMarvin Overshone flew all over the field. We talk about young guys. There's a guy who's not young, a guy who's been around for a long time, and we've been wanting to see – exactly this uh out of him um and and he just seemed like especially for the first half at least was everywhere like just was everywhere all the time coming up when they needed him making big plays seems to have found um his correct spot at that edge rusher and and you know i'm sure they're going to move him around my other key takeaway from this is this was an incredibly vanilla playbook right and like gerald talked about when you said lean on people like it was great to be able to just run base offense and and probably a lot of base defense and still win right to go out and win at the point of attack to push people a little bit to make the plays they didn't have to do anything crazy they didn't have to go out and and show something put anything on film for alabama and so i think that's that's another big win right is that they kept some things in the pocket there's no reason to keep anything by next week right let it all hang out um but they, they were able to keep some things close to the chest uh that they can save for for next week yeah, and I think you're spawning. And you mentioned the defense. The the ones didn't give up a score and really didn't even give up a ton of yardage outside of that short, quick change field goal situation, right? And even they held they held firm in the red zone and they forced a field goal. And again, field goals are, are wins uh, for a defense. And so that to me was a positive sign. They felt swarming like they haven't mm-hmm. felt in a while. And that really, yeah. um, that felt like, again, the aggression, the the uh, just k- hitting at the point of the attack overshone was all over the field, like you mentioned. Uh, and I mean this as a compliment. We didn't notice the linebackers as much as we did a year ago. And a lot of the linebackers were like, oh, the linebackers are out of position. Oh, the linebackers' run fits were off. And we didn't see that. And that is a market and noted change from a, from a year ago again. And, and it's ULM, right? We don't want to blow it out. And, and the Warhawks came and they wanted to win the game. But, you know, this is not Alabama. This is probably not even the quality of a Big 12 team that they're going to see. But, again, in years past, it feels like Texas struggles or finds a way to, to look weird or get embarrassed against this type of team. And like we said in the preview show, they kind of just leaned on them for, for 60 minutes. And that's what we wanted to see in an opener in a year or two from, from Sark and this new regime. From from the defense, to keep it there for just a second, I mean, we'll, we'll break this down in our podcast a little bit more when we go in depth, but just from an initial look, and we'll, we'll dig into the stats and look at some of the film um, before we record that, but from initial blush, I mean, it just looked like a pass rush was finally there. And look, I, I mean, I know we play kind of an opponent that we outmatch every year, right? And 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 you can't draw everything from that. But, you know, there was a point when Baron Sorrell, I think, had two sacks. We'll see how they credit him. I believe he got two. Um, and, and I think you would call it one and a half. One and a half. All right, fine. Yeah. Um, one and a half still puts him on pace to uh, – to, uh, Alabama is, is tough. Um, maybe he'll get, get <laughs> some there. But it, it, whoever, you know, they're playing by week three, he's going to be, you know, past our, our, our sack – leader from last year right like it just it looked a little bit different like we finally i still think there's room for improvement there but we finally um did some things we we you know there, there were points with a really mobile quarterback and we said that in a preview that it was a quarterback who could hurt you and we know texas history with mo- mobile quarterbacks there was a couple plays uh where he escaped the pocket but you know whether whatever the official stat, sack number is going to be there was a couple tackles where he's so quick they got him as he broke the pocket and other years when they hit him and he gets a one yard gain, it doesn't go down as a sack. Other years, that's a 15 yard gain. No one has their eyes up 
after that first initial rush, looking to what the quarterback's doing, having that pocket contained presence. And you saw Overshone do it. You saw uh, Sorrell do it. You saw a couple different guys in there. I think Broughton had one where basically he breaks that pocket and all of a sudden you're, you're shucking and moving instead of, oh, wait, I was rushing and now you're gone, right? Like, and we've had that. So it just looks different in that they're getting pressure and they seem to be smart about it this year. Again, ULM, caveats, et cetera, et cetera. But nonetheless, it looks like they're playing that right type of football. And, and you know, UTSA, no slouch, right? We know Alabama's coming. UTSA gave Houston everything they could handle uh, tonight in week one. So it's, it's not just Alabama, right? From here on out, the entire schedule is good. Big 12, it's going to be good. It's never going to be easy. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a, a lot of, Tough teams, but if this is your baseline, if this is how you're starting, I do feel good, and I do feel like it's a little bit different than we've seen the past few years. Yeah, and, and speaking of different, when you, you talked about the 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 quarterback escapability and like the the being able to hit him in the backfield, it felt like a lot of times a year ago and in, in years past, there wouldn't be the second guy, right? You'd hit him in the backfield and he'd bounce off, he'd roll out, he'd shake a tackler, and there wasn't a second guy. And, and today there was a second guy, there was a third guy, there was a fifth guy and a sixth guy. And, and that, to me, is the mark of a defense that is playing different and has turned the corner. And again, ULM, right? Alabama's going to be a whole new animal next week. Heisman Trophy winner should have been the Heisman Trophy winner on the defensive side as well. We'll talk about that later. But like the simple fact that Texas was swarming, was aggressive, and they played faster. Team speed has been a question for a really long time for Texas, and it felt faster. It felt like they were dialed in and dialed up and ready to go. And whether it's you know Gary Patterson difference, whether it's Pete Kwiatkowski finally getting to get more of what he wants to see, but looking multiple, having multiple guys. And again, you mentioned, mentioned Overshone being able to play in more spots because there's more than one linebacker in that room is a massive win for Texas. We talked a lot about the defense. We can't neglect the offense as well. Number five, B. John Robinson, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Another day at the office for him, 10 carries, 71 yards, and a touchdown. I'm glad they stole his helmet after like the middle of the third quarter because there's no need for him. But again, the offense, once after that initial hiccup from yours, after that initial like, oh crap, what happened from yours? It seemed like he settled in. He felt he built a really great rapport with Jatavian Sanders. 85 yards and a touchdown for him. That wheel route, come on, that is like out of my dreams. That is something that I like prayed about on Sundays. I'm gonna I'm gonna light a candle for it tomorrow. Like that is what I want to see out of this offense. It just looked crisp, clean, and again, they didn't really have to bring out a ton of wrinkles because Texas was was up big. Yeah, I mean, look, right, you you, you saw um, a couple deep shots, not a ton even, but just kind of keeping the defense honest, deep shots. Didn't look like Sark really schemed up the way he does, you know, and so you know that there's some things uh, in there. But so when, when you understand that, that they're not going deep and, and the offense is going to operate, you know, short to medium, it's really reassuring to see Bijan, you, you mentioned, you know, 10 carries for 71 yards, including that touchdown run, which is, you know, like, he had an inch of space and made three cuts inside of it. It was gorgeous. Um, he also, of course, had three catches for 40 yards and a touchdown, right? He's that safety blanket that he offered himself to be for yours. But I really, really, really like freshman Jatavian, or excuse me, kind of second year Jatavian Sanders, but first year really being featured in this offense. Um, Jatavian Sanders, six catches, 85 yards and that touchdown. Um, I, I liked that Ewers looked to him 
as the check down. He had the little shovel pass, you know, that, that was a really great play. And I think Sanders was upset that a guy got his heel from behind because he wanted that that highlight. But uh, the wheel route was gorgeous. I mean, he had another uh, design play on kind of a post across the middle. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone for what he can do. And I, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that he can this year as a first year really featured tight end can be one of the best tight ends in the Big 12, which has historically had some great tight ends. I think he has that talent. And if Sanders and Robinson, and we didn't see a ton of Whittington, but also Whittington can operate the underneath, even yep. without Nayer, which we know he's not going to be there, all of that attention underneath, which you have to give eyes because they showed to have good hands, good separation, good ability to, to find the, the pocket in space. It is going to open things up for Xavier Worthy, a kind of quiet night for him. Um, and that might be by design, right? He did the punt returns and had some 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 run there but you know i i don't think you're going to see that next week where he's not targeted seven eight nine ten eleven whatever uh he's going to get a lot of targets he, he is going to be a huge factor uh in any success they have against that alabama defense and and we didn't have to show that we didn't have to show the ways that sark schemes him open and, and i really like running vanilla and getting 50 points off of it right that's that's to me a double win yeah, and, and you mentioned the Nayer injury. Casey Kane came in, listed with the ones on the mythical depth chart. We finally got it. John McClain could take a breath. But <laughs> Casey Kane came in, and his one reception was a highlight real catch. And I didn't expect to see the speed from a 6'3 wide receiver like that, right? That's True. not the type of receiver we anticipated him coming in and being. And so if he can have a catch or two like that, if he can be the guy on the opposite side of Worthy to create, again, the, the problem with ha that happened last year is that Everybody rolls coverage to to um, to Xavier Worthy because there's not really another option. Whittington was out, and th that was it, right? So if if Casey Kane can crack one or two, if Jordan Whittington, Jordan Whittington can have one or two, Jatavian Sanders is a matchup nightmare for basically any team other than Alabama that doesn't have linebackers that can run. Right? That's why tight ends have been such a big deal in the Big Twelve for a long time. Is because they're a matchup nightmare, right? Guys like Charlie Kohler at Iowa State. It hurts me to say nice things about Iowa State, right? Like the reason why that guy was a matchup nightmare is because he's too big for a defensive back. He's too fast for a linebacker. And now it seems like Texas has one of those guys, at least for another Mark year Andrews. or two. Mark Andrews, yep. That same wheel route. That absolutely, again, it's beautiful when it's happening for Texas. Nightmares when it's Mark Andrews running it. But to put to put a point on it, Kyle, this is the type of opener that you and I talked about in our preview that we wanted to see. Texas came in, leaned on them, looked like the better team for 60 minutes, and didn't get injured. Like, and that's what you want from an opener against a team that's that's your favorite by 40 points. Yeah, and, and look, right, like last year, you know, Kai Money or, you know, in years past, Kai Money had to play too much, a walk-on wide receiver where we didn't like it. This is the type of game where you love to see guys like Gabe Hard-Seltzer um, getting in there and getting two catches. Um, that's right. You heard the nickname here, Gabe Seltzer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is exciting. It's a good opening win. You get those guys in. You feel good. It's a really quick turnaround, right? You, you have seven days, and, and because this is a late game and that's an early game, you got less. You have a quick turnaround and Alabama's here. Like you can celebrate. I'm not sure if you have to go quite Pat Narduzzi and be mad immediately and not enjoy a victory, um, but you don't get many hours. Like the, the focus has to kick in really quickly. Like enjoy this one. It was good. You did what you needed to do. You got out relatively healthy and you're, you're moving on. But um, next week's going to be a battle. It's going to be a war. Uh, the number one team in the country is there for a reason. They did what they needed to in week one as well. Um, and, and both teams come in. Looking at week two as their first real game of the season that's gonna that's gonna challenge them, um, and you know hopefully Texas is up for that. The the Colt McCoy revenge tour starts in about twelve 
hours. But we will be back on Thursday. Thank you all so much for joining us. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll do a full breakdown of the game, stats, and everything, all that you love to see. And then on Thursday, we'll be back in your podcast feeds on the Burn Orange Nation podcast feed, previewing the Alabama Crimson Tide. Thank you so much for your time. Have a fantastic afternoon and evening. And until next time, welcome. Fuck yeah.